Welcome to Rooster Radio, a broadcast dedicated to supporting and promoting local artists and musicians in the Gaston County and surrounding areas. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Michael Carpenter. Today, I'm talking to the Queen City Rejects. I am very excited to talk to these gentlemen. They've been a part of the local music scene for a very long time, and they have a lot of stories to tell. But first, they're sharing their single from their upcoming album, Run Em Out. This song is called Acid Drop.
God never showed up. And he never changed the circumstances. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Acid Drop by the Queen City Rejects. Very excited that you guys came to talk to me today. Thank you so much. Um, let's get started. Let's go around and tell our audience who you are and what it is you do in the band. Uh, I'm Marshall Champion. I play guitar and the skin flute. Johnny, uh, bass, vocals, and I am the instrument that Marshall holds when he plays the skin flute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm David. I play uh, the drums, and I use wood sticks. Hard, <laughs> hard wood. Only the finest. Well, let, let's start the interview with a little bit of a history lesson. Um, you know, Queen City Rejects started around 2005, and you know, Johnny, you're kind of the the nucleus of this band. You, this was your band. It's taken different forms to the years. Originally, you were operating under the name called Cemetery Thieves, and then Cemetery Thieves puts out an album. Uh, you have a song on there called Queen City Rejects, and then shortly after, you change the name of the band to Queen City Rejects. So, tell me the the story there. Pretty much, Cemetery Thieves, uh, I, I'm a big fan, fan of Frankenstein, so was, I was trying to be clever, and Cemetery Thieves, robbing graves and stuff like that, but after, you know, especially around 2005, there was a, an, a, a pandemic of rockabilly, and <laughs> Uh, the horror, <laughs> like, oh, the horror, the horror Billy. I think it's called. I think that's what it's called. Horror Billy, where everybody looks like the misfits, right? They play in stand-up bases. We got lumped in with that. We're not nowhere near that, you know. It's, it's but uh, after that, you know, people just kind of just got us confused with a, a rockabilly band or a horror Billy or whatever it's called, and. Um, that and every time you Google cemetery thieves, you come up with people fucking up shit, vandalizing graves, grave robbers and stuff. And stuff. And it's like it's just a name. I don't want to be associated with that shit. So, but I am associated with Queen City Rejects because we Gastonia, <laughs> and that's that. Well, I, I think uh, somewhere along the way, I heard you say something about when that name came to you, you you, you liked it so much, you wanted to like. You you didn't want anyone to take that name away, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was pretty much just you know running through the the rolodex of names in your head. It's like Queen City Rejects. I'm I'm pretty sure I heard it some like you know some other form of cadence of words or just, under, under a different context, maybe. Yeah, you know, like you know Quincy Steakhouse, Queen City Rejects. Oh, that sounds cool. You know, it runs off the tongue. You know. But, you know, we're all just white trash from Gastonia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I thought Marshall was going to say speak for yourself, but he's no, like, no, no you're, he's I'm right. Not, not after he told me. I'm trash as shit. Uh, right around Lionberger Park at 12 by himself. What the fuck? <laughs> I had no supervision as a child. That was, that was like a fucking lose my ears. So in 2005, when you started, you, you, you're the only member of the band that has stayed constant. So Marshall, Dave, you guys, how long have you been part of this project? And tell us how, how you got sucked into being part of this band. Johnny and I 
had have played together in different projects over like the last 12, 13, 14 years. Uh, we had just finished a something that we had worked on for about a year, year and a half, and Johnny really wasn't doing the Queen City Rejects anymore. This was about, what, two, three years ago. Yeah, I was going through a pooping period. We had, yeah. <laughs> so the thing that we had been working on for a year or so fell through, and he went back to, to doing QCR, and then uh, I, I kept doing the thing that I was doing with a couple of different people. And then I'm, I'm like... He calls me and he's like, hey, will you, you know, you want to play guitar in Queen City Rejects? I was like, fuck no. I was like, hey, no. And it, it just would not leave me alone. And then I had to join the band. And that was, that was like two years ago. I wanted to play like his style of lead on one of our songs. Cause he's a rocking lead. He's a shredder. You know, we're not a shredding band. We're like meat and potato. Well, you're a punk band. And, oh, and yeah, punk in its purest like, form, too. It started, it, that's the whole thing. It started out as a punk rock, hardcore, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and I had been doing metal for so long that I was like, you know, I didn't, I was a little reluctant to to do that, or, you know, be a part of this Queen City Rejects thing. After a show or two, I was like, you yeah, know, this feels pretty good. And it's, you know, it's just been, it's been on the plate ever since. You know, and that, that was what, about two years, two years ago. Dave, what about you? Well, me and John played together. He's the original drummer. Yeah. Okay, so you were the drummer in Cemetery Thieves? Yes. Okay. Um, so that project went on and off for a little while with the Cemetery Thieves, and then then they started having different members and uh, trying things out, and that's when he did the name change. So my situation is sort of like Marshall's. He kind of called and begged me too. Uh, <laughs> so he was it's like, out there for people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a beggar. Yeah. He never got down on one knee or anything. Yeah, he didn't but, cry. Uh, <laughs> he got, but I'm not a head pusher. No. no. Um, <laughs> not, not this time. <laughs> are, are you really that difficult to work with, Johnny? I, I mean, not as much as it used to be. It's not a, it's, it's not a difficult thing at all. It's just um, when you got a lot of things going on, it's like Johnny's calling me again. Well, no, it's hey it's, wife, Johnny's calling me again. Don't answer it. It's, it's, it's the thing is, I, like, I mean, it's, it sounds like it's a, you know, me, me, me. But no, it's a. I do have a, a a vision of noise, you know, and at this moment and here on out. Everybody that's been in the band had a part in the band. We wouldn't have been who we were without them. Like, um, Mike from Trash Room, he is a tight motherfucking guitarist. You know, and it's like, he was a perfect fit in that band. You know, he wanted to do other stuff. You know, I'm like, well, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to go this way. I'm going from wood, rock, metal, to grass, I don't know, but uh, I mean, it's like, and, and then you know, I got other people in the band that was like, hey, they fit them, they fit with what we were doing at the at the moment, a gumbo of music, and right now with Marshall and David, it's like we're growing, we're going into a different mineral. The the band is evolving in the way that you're happy with. Yeah. Is that a better yeah. way to put that? 
Yeah, I mean, it's like, we're all in our 40s. We're not playing dad rock, but we are playing stuff like, it's just a, a you know. It's a, more of an inspiration from dad rock. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, blends it's a, to make it's this a potluck. Yeah. You know, I'm hungry. That's why I keep referring everything to food. <laughs> 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 well, that sort of happens. Um, but yeah, like, you know, everybody has their own influence in the band of different musicians and different uh, people they idol or uh, look up to, it's things like that. I mean, me, I'm like more of the Neil Peart, John Bonham kind of drummer, uh, kind of inspired by them. I know Marshall is definitely Eddie Van Halen. He always <laughs> has it's, been for a long time. I can't, I can't kick it. Uh, I can't kick it. We can't even have a band practice without him playing a, a Van Halen song. Which There's is cool. so many good ones. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, John's got his own taste with uh, different musicians too. So it kind of they all it all blends together to make one good mix, pretty much. Well, speaking of, uh, you guys, want to mix it up right now and play a song for us? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that sure. sounds great. All right. So, what are we going to play? Well, the one that everybody knows. Uh, it's it's it's. Um, one of the first songs that we wrote as as Queen City rejects. Uh, so we all fight. We all fight. By the way, this is brand new. Uh, how we doing? We don't. We're not an acoustic band. Hey, how you doing? That's Cletus. Who? Cletus. 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 He looks like Cletus. Cletus and Janice. Nice to meet you. Who's the chicken? I haven't named him yet. Chicken's name is Rooster. Chicken's name is Rooster. Yeah. Chicken's name is Rooster. <laughs> All right, kill us off.
Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for that, Philip. Thank you so much. Um, you said that's the first, one of the first songs you wrote. Do, do you still play any of the songs from the Cemetery Thieves' time? A lot of these songs are... Oh, there, there's one song we play, uh, Independence Day. I wrote that in 1989. Oh, wow. Yeah, stupid. Or maybe it was, I don't know. Whichever, I thought we was getting drafted. I was like 17, 18. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> you know, I was a stupid kid, you know, around yeah. that time. Because we were, I mean, it's like, I thought it was uh, George Sr. or something. I didn't keep up with news, but I believe what people were telling me. Well, let's take this opportunity <laughs> to talk about where people can find your music. Um, you know, let's just let's get that out there. Like, where if someone wants to hear more Queen City Rejects, where would they go find that music? Um, right now, there's uh, no physical stuff. I mean, unless you find it in a like a, a manifest bin or something, but that would be the first one. Um, this could just go. But it's also on um, Reverb Nation. It's an old format platform, whatever it's called. But um, you can you can go there. It's free to download. The whole thing is on uh, YouTube as a one track deal. It's you know just hear it on that. You get uh, like I said, uh, Independence Day is on that one. That's the one. Um, I played that in, in a band I was in called Dead Babies. That was one. That was my teenage band. And was that like aborted fetus light? Honestly, it, um, <laughs> heavy metal reference there. I mean, it's 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 a weird one. It's one of those things. We were uh, playing a show, and we we were actually called Dead Daisies. And um, one hundred six five announced that we were playing somewhere in Hickory, um, and. Uh, they said dead babies and instead of dead days, I'm like, oh, I like that name better. You know, so we just went with that. But, um, the one good thing one of six five's done in two or three decades. No, nah, it's like, uh, we, uh, played independence day in a band called enemy. I was in back in the nineties too. So, and we still play that. And, um, that's on that one. And, so Reverb Nation. Now I'm assuming there's a Facebook page that you would like people to check out and go to as well. Yeah, yes, there's, um, there's Spotify, and um, I think that's about. And you, we've, we've got videos on YouTube. Yeah, I, I love re- sites like Reverb Nation, Bandcamp, and SoundCloud. I feel like those are the platforms that are doing the most work for like local and up and coming artists. You know, where Spotify, you know, your song might get played. 10,000 times and you'll never see a penny for that from Spotify. Yeah. But, but with Bandcamp and Reverb Nation and stuff like that, you're actually getting the credit and you, and if you're selling digital music there, you're actually getting to keep most of your money right. too. So I highly recommend that our audience go to Reverb Nation and show these guys some love and go to the Facebook page and show them some love because uh, these guys are awesome. Now uh, let's talk about how you guys write music. You know, you, you, you were saying earlier, it's, not really dad rock. It's, you said it's meat and potatoes. So the three of you guys, how do y'all come together to, to write songs? Like, th- is one of you the main songwriter? Does everyone contribute? Tell me how that goes. Johnny has so many different things that, that we 
try to work in. Every, we could we could really like take one of John's ideas and write a song at practice, you know, in a practice. Being that he has that that wealth of musical, you know, stuff. He's a creative drive. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, Dave and I just kind of we we there's no really rules to it or anything. Um, we do use those influences like he was talking about you know if you're you're a, you get off on neil perter you get off on eddie you know bring that stuff into the song so that's kind of the realm that we work in occasionally we branch out of that you know we we do stuff that's kind of group right yeah we're, we're, we're evolving we're devolving whatever but i mean it's like we're uh you know that we're doing bringing in more it's like dave's got ideas and Marshall's got ideas, and it's it just comes in, and it's whatever really, whatever I can do vocals to, because that's that is my I'm not a vocalist. I, I don't I I have to uh, sing to what I play, so that's why I, I I pretty much come up with a rhythm. I mean, the, whatever I present, they're going to interpret whatever they. Here yeah, so it really like, is a collaborative process. It's a collaborative yeah. process. It's all sure. play by ear thing for sure. Um, I mean, I, that's how I play. I play with either how the bass goes or how the guitar goes, and you know, of course, the back, the drums and the bass are definitely the backbone of it, and Marshall throws in the rhythm of it and then the lead part of it. So, it, like you said, it, it all collaborates that way. Yeah, it's like a. There are a lot of songs, right? But there's never any like you have to play it like this. It's got to be specific, like like the guys, like four guys ago, four guitars ago. You got to play it like him. It's not like that. It's more like a here's the bones, do with it what you will. You know. Exactly. I like that. I like that. Yeah. There's there's some freedom there, creative creatively, for everyone in the van, band right. to have moved room to move. Right, so and the speak. band keeps its identity over the how whoever's playing. Yeah, yeah well, it's like a song that we played at night in two thousand five. It don't sound like it does today. I mean, not that it wasn't good back then. It's it's, it evolves. it's these guys, you know. Yeah. I mean, hell, he even played on one, and he's not playing the same thing. He's you know grown. Uh, this is David that I'm pointing at. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, you know, he doesn't play the same thing. It's like he's heard something different in between that span of fifteen years, probably. Well, you say you say that you're not a vocalist, but I, I think that your voice is perfect for the type of music you do. You know, I, I mean, you've got a great punk rock voice. You know, whether well, you want to believe it or not. Well, I mean, it's, I cheat when I, I there's a uh, I want I want to tell this story. Um, uh, Nate Wilson, uh, he's big drummer. Big, uh, he's he's uh, he's played in bands. Fucking great dude. But I take his I take criticism from friends. To heart, you know. Uh, we were playing this once, one one set, and um, I w- it was like one of the new songs, and I was like hitting a string and letting it ride, just kind of hit the note and cheated. I was cheating when I was playing bass, and uh, he's like, Nate comes up to me, and goes, "Man, you guys are awesome, but I saw you kept wingering it up there," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, fuck." You know, and then, you know, I called up my buddy, Justin, begged him, because he's not, Justin is not a punk rock anything. He is 
straight up 1950s rock and roll. He don't like hardcore. He don't, he's not a metal guy, but he was a friend and I, I begged him enough and he was like, I'll play bass with you. You know, and he was playing, he was playing in, um, Mean Mean Man and the Brass Knuckle Band at that time. I, I just, that's when there was a four year span when I was just the vocalist. Cause, uh, you know, I couldn't find anybody to, to project what I wanted to, 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 to get out. There was like two vocalists that I wanted to, I, that I heard in my head. One was Sean Likens from Fat Tours Butcher, and he's been in Queen City Rejects and Cemetery Thieves, you know, just in and out. Yeah. You know? And the other one, you know, is uh, Jason Parker from the Vivians and, um, various other bands, you know, it's like, I wanted something in between those two and I couldn't find anybody. So that's why I pretty much was like, fuck it. I'll just develop this sound yeah. of, of yours that, that there was a vehicle to get, to get, to make the music you wanted to make. Right, so to speak. Right. And I have to, I have to play, you know, I'm not a singer, so I have to play by the notes that I'm, that I'm hitting. So I have to cheat. You know, well, you so. want to cheat right now? You want to do another song? Yeah, let's do that. Um, no, let's do Death Proof. Death Proof? Yeah. All right. Death Proof. I like that name. Yeah, I, I, I got it from a movie. <laughs> um, the movie Death Proof.
Nice. Very well done, fellas. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Let's talk about being a three-piece band. And you said over the years you've had a bunch of musicians kind of weave in and out of this project, and you've settled down with this group you have now. Traditionally, a lot of punk bands are three-piece. You see that more in punk than probably any other genre of music. But with that being said, when you guys are, are doing live shows, with you being the singer and the bass player, who you know you typically bass and drums, that's, for people who don't know, that's your rhythm section. And you know, you've got to kind of keep that laying down. And then, Marshall, when you go into your thing, like, how, how does the dynamic work with the three-piece? Does it work better that way? Or would a, would a, would a rhythm guitar player throw off your chemistry? And how, t- Talk about that for a minute. I've always enjoyed the the three piece kind of thing, three piece and the vocals, or you know, it works. It's worked. It's easy. Um, it's less people to wrangle. You know, it's if you have somebody fall off of a four piece, you may or may not be able to get it together for you know for that week or for that show, particular show or whatever. So the three piece just it's a it's an easy equation and it works. Um, I think if we added more people to it, it would just complicate it. But then, you know, that's kind of always an option anyway. We started out as a two guitar with Cemetery Thieves. And because um, it was uh, Dwayne Haight from uh, the band Pure Haight way back in the 90s. Oh, my God. I shared the stage with Pure Haight in yeah. 1996. Yeah, yeah. They, there was a benefit show for Holy Angels. Uh, I don't know if you remember the Music Zone on Franklin. It used to be right next to the tattoo parlor where the Dairy Queen's at. Yeah, yeah. So that parking lot back behind them, they set up a big stage and they threw this benefit show. And I was 17 years old at the time. Our band was just getting started. We had this grunge thing kind of going and we opened that show, but we stuck around for everybody. I actually probably shouldn't say this, but I, we dropped acid that morning and spent the whole day. <laughs> we, we did our set. You, you, you did, we were stuck there. Yeah, yeah. We weren't going anywhere. We, we did our set like that. I wore sunglasses on stage because I didn't want anyone to see my eyes. And, and we, we had a we had a great time, but but I really enjoyed like we. Uh, I think Fat Tor- Tortoise Butcher was there, too. I don't know. I'd have to go look at the... Was that place... Uh, was it right there... In the same little strip as Substation 2, was that? It's like right next to it. Behind Dairy Queen. Yeah, behind, behind uh, Dairy yeah, kind of behind the Dairy Queen in the in the, in the the tattoo parlor. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah oh, they, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to throw you off there. I just, you know. No, I'm trying to. Crazy yeah, pure hate. Yeah. Just it reminds me of, of that show. Like That was like, the, that was probably like the biggest platform we ever had. Yeah. Uh, Grumpy's Toy, I think, played there. Black Pearl. Uh, yeah, Broad yeah. Street Blues Band. I, was, I can't remember if it was Fat Tortoise Butcher, but it was probably another band. I was, uh, Enemy or Seventeen Dead. But it was around that time. I, I do remember that. Yeah. Sorry, I completely took this interview off the no, rails. But that's the thing about this is, is you know, uh, me and me and Dave go back all the way to a band called. Uh, I was playing with uh, Van Huskin's drummer at the time. Ben uh, Down for the Count. Okay. Uh, Ben Ben yeah. was uh, the drummer for Down for the Count. Dave was. Uh, I think you were doing sound for well shooters. Yeah. Well, Caspers. That story. <laughs> I'll try to make this quick. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, basically, Matt Bowen was in the band, uh, down for the count. John was, and Ben was. And 
all three of us, and well, all four of us, including myself, all worked at Autobell on uh, in on front of the mall. In front of the mall in Gastonia. <laughs> um, it's like a rite of passage. Isn't so it? yeah, <laughs> we we were all like. Daddy had to work on the top floor at the at Eastridge Mall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. where he was. All the old food <laughs> court, the food court upstairs at <laughs> the mall. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we um, we kind of just hung out at work and talked about music a lot, and we all had the same kind of taste in music. And uh, I ended up just going over and hanging out with them when they were playing, had band practice, and next thing you know, I'm sitting in a song or two every now and then with them or uh, try to work with sound with them a little bit. And then I started hanging out up at Shooters After Dark, which uh, is now a church. And it's funny that I say that because it seems like that a lot of the uh, venues that used to be here are now churches. Um, <laughs> it's it's a it's cool, but it's not in, in the same way. But uh, I hate Gastonia's losing music venues to sort of things, uh, but it's cool. Well, uh, I, try, I try not to talk too much about this on the show, but that that's one of the reasons we started. You know, our mission was. I feel like Gastonia, Gaston County as a whole, deserves a place for musicians and artists to collab to get together, and you know, a place that's that's music first or art first, I should say, rather than. You know, I'm not trying to sling sandwiches. You know, we want to open up and right. sell entertainment. Solely. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so yeah, we're kind of because I mean, they're really. I mean, since the '90s, there haven't been a lot of places. You know, not since. I mean, Fillmore yeah. kind of moved into Charlotte and pushed everybody out, priced everyone out of shows, and yeah. you know, it's it's sad because my fondest memories were going to Tremont and Double Door and yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, even in Gastonia, I mean, back then it was it was a couple places to. Um, to play, uh, there was uh, shooters was the best one shooters, around. Uh, DTs. Yeah. I mean, you can say what you want, whatever. It was a place to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, DTs had the small stage, but it was a cool place. Um, acoustics were great in there. The bartenders all did their job. They did a fun, they did really good, and you had to have fun with everybody. Uh, cut up and have a good time. Uh, Shooters was a big place, um, and my first band seeing at Shooters was Killbilly. Um, <laughs> they, they were they were and and Duck that uh, ran uh, DTs was part of Killbilly. Um, they were a really cool band, and I bought that was probably the first local CD or a CD from any local band I bought. Um, Speaking of local CDs, you guys have an album coming out soon, right? We've got something that's going to come out probably within the next two months. Yeah. So I, I you know, I said in the intro, uh, "Run Them Out" is the yeah. name of the album, right. and and Acid Drop is on the that. Full, the full title is "Run Them Out," titled by Scotty Unlove Jones. You want to elaborate on that? No. Okay. <laughs> but that's the full title. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in a couple of months, that's going to come out, and will will people be able to purchase that? Through what, what, uh, where would if, people get that? If all goes well, and if it's still, if, if this pandemic hadn't fucked up any relations of anything, we do have a, uh, a small, uh, label that's willing to help us out to, you know, to get it out. Um, I don't want to give out 
the name yet because, like I said, I just, it might not happen. It, it might not happen. Mm-hmm. I don't want to jinx it, but with uh, we're gonna try all formats, uh, digital, physical, and even for shits and giggles, we're talking about putting out a cassette. <laughs> just Be fun. I mean, because there are people out there. I mean, it's like you know, we want vinyl. You know. But vinyl is expensive. To vinyl is expensive, and the guy who the uh, the the guy who's running the little label has his heart set on putting out a cassette. And um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm all for it because I'm old school. You know, I don't, I don't care. Just long somebody's got to. Yeah, hey, no, it hey, it hey, is. Hey. I mean, I you know, I my wife and I still we buy CDs of uh, local bands, uh, you know, bands that we follow on the national circuit. We still buy the CDs when they come out. Um, I, I feel like that's probably one of the best. Other than going to the show, it's it's this, the next best way to support the artists that you love and you want to keep in business. So you know, it is important. I think you know, well, also having something physical. You know that I mean, too. You could, Put your headphones on, you know, when you're a kid and you got your record or or the cassette that folded out to like, holy shit, there's more stuff. Can read the lyrics. I used to be disappointed if I opened up something and there were no lyrics in there. Yeah, yeah. fold out. It was just a, like one, just one, one long piece. picture or something. Yeah. You know, there'd be like all these thank yous, and and then you're like sitting candy. there listening to it. And those were the what? <laughs> funny enough, those were the albums you listen to more because you're trying to learn the words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like when you figure out the words, you're like way the off. The best memory, the best memory for me with cassettes was uh, listening to the radio and the DJ saying that a song's coming up next, and you got that record and the pause button. Right, you're yeah. ready to go. Yeah. You're yeah. ready to go when that song comes on. Okay, so this I probably shouldn't tell this story, but so me and my the neighbor friend that I grew up with, we would record ourselves introing songs. And have it ready and just wait for the radio to play that song that we wanted to hear. And we'd recorded the song after our intro on the little tape. And we had these tapes of us doing DJing our favorite yeah, music. That's cool. All done that. I've done yeah. it. You know, I've, I played DJ when I was little. You know, just wanting to be Rock and Roll Ted or, you know, whoever it was. Yeah, Jack Daniels. I think he's still out there. He's still out there, I think. Yeah. 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 But I mean, he was there, like uh, you know, like doing stuff like that. Uh, we, we've all done that shit. All right, before we wrap up, there's there's two things I want to ask you. Um, first, tell people what they can expect from a Queen City Reject show when things finally open back up and we get the rooster open and we book you and we're gonna have you headline on a Saturday night. What can people expect when they come see you guys? Um. Well, being back that it's that is a three piece now. Like, you'll see a lot of, like, pictures or videos of us close together, you know, because we, you know, we're, it's not that we're trying to figure out what each other's doing. It's like, we're just in that groove. I mean, if there's a crowd there, there's a crowd there. We're going to have, we're going to react off each other, and it's going to be a good vibe no matter what a whole lot of energy you feed Fine. off the energy of the crowd yeah, yeah. in other words for sure well, sometimes I mean, yeah yeah but i mean you know also it's just like there's a picture out there and it's uh when we played poor house mm-hmm. and it's just we're in our own little group there is it was a packed house that night yeah i think it there was, were several maybe a thousand 
1,500 people, 2,000, something like that. For yeah, it was a, a decent-sized show. Awesome. Yeah, I saw them at the Milestone uh, was about a year and a half ago, man. That was such a fun show. Man. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, like, these guys aren't, uh, like, learned on, on classic punk rock. And it was like, when we got to open up for them, they both were like, oh, wow, this is, this is, this is kind of cool, you know, it's because they did, they did a cover of uh, Pipeline for like Dick Dale and, but they did it their way. They didn't change anything, but they brought it to their level. Yeah. And they're just a three piece, you know, and it was just, it was just rocking. But when we were there, when, when we, when we opened up the, the show, it, it was, you know, heads all over places, you know, people. And we were just in our own, own groove, you know. We were on in our own bubble, doing what we, you know, playing rock and roll. You know, he's playing his Rush or Led Zeppelin. I'm, you know, tending to be Didi Ramon. He's over here, <laughs> want to be Eric Clapton, you know. And we're playing what's what's, you know. It sounds like you guys thrive on energy, yeah. and and I love that. Those are some of the best live shows. When, when you've got a, a group of artists together that, that are feeding off of the energy you're giving them. Because, I mean, I've been to some Dutch shows where, you know, the yeah. crowd basically ruined the set. Right. You know, I've, I've been in those crowds before, and that's a real shame. So that's cool, man. As long as people are giving you the love, you're going to give it back to yeah, them. And, and if like they're not, you're just... energetic person. You know, yeah. you one energetic person, and I mean, I'll be like, okay. Well, I mean, you don't want to let that person down, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, that guy, that girl's getting walk on stage yeah. and you, you, you strap on your drumsticks and your guitar straps and stuff, you got to go out with positivity. And that, and, and whoever's there to see you will feed that. You know, they'll, they'll feed off that. Then you feed off with their their positivity. And it's just a... It's basically stage presence. Yeah. You yeah. Know, just, if you don't get a, have good stage presence... The crowd's gonna say, "Hey, these guys have got a lot of tension in there." They look shaky. They yeah, look they, shaky. You know, they they argue a lot. They probably argue a lot. Yeah. Have you ever seen a band where the members are screaming at each other on stage? <laughs> I can't believe you fucking forgot that fucking party fired. After <laughs> yeah, Van Heskins do that. No, it's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, they make up. it work. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys, and they're a three piece. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you know, Eric and Ben are brothers. We they actually talked about that a little bit on on the on the show they did for us. Uh, you know, the, the the brotherly love they got going on. Yeah. But it makes, I mean, it makes their show awesome to watch because of that inner tension and energy. Yeah, they and, have their own their own thing, you know, and it's it's like watching it's a couple of brothers play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and they, they don't, they don't care. They, I mean, it's like they're having a conversation in the middle of us in the middle of a song. I think I've heard, I've seen that before. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to remember the next part, but I mean, it's like and then their show, and we're looking at each other, just laughing while they're doing it. That's, yeah. that's the kind. But I mean, it's like they they make the show worth watching. I mean, yeah, yeah the music is awesome, but you know, it's like their presence. Is like they've known each other for thirty years, probably even longer, and you can feel that, right? You know, when, when they're up there, you can feel it. 
<laughs> Those you can't see, he's shaking his hand. <laughs> All right. So, um, last question, and if and if you're if you don't mind, uh, maybe we can wrap up the show with another performance. Yeah, but before we do that, I want you to answer the question that we ask everybody on the show. Go around individually and define success for yourself in Queen City Rejects. I say this jokingly. It's the for me. It's the of course you want to pull off a good set. You want to pull off. You want to, you, you want your music to be interesting, at least for you or for whoever whoever's watching. But for me, it's it's the small things. It's the logistical things. If you can make all those little small things happen, like sucking it up and and getting in the band room and writing music, you know that kind of thing. We're finding a, finding a way not to talk yourself out to, out of it. Like on a if you're having a shitty day, you know, you're, the last thing you want to do is go to the band room, but you still do it. That is succeeding for me. It's those Showing small up. things. Showing up, getting there, putting the work in. Not necessarily having something tangible in return for it, but putting the work in and creating music, creating art. That's success for me. Um, doing this here today is... is Sharing. Share, well, I mean, just, you know, like doing what you're doing. You're doing. You're you're helping us get out there, and and, and that's success. Like community, community, community. Is Being success. part of the community, promoting doing, the community. Doing this for thirty something years, and just still, you know, getting up on a Sunday and coming and do this. This is this is awesome. Nice, David. I'll just wrap it up easily. Ditto what they said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what are we going to play? What are we going to hear to play the the show out? Um. A song my son wrote when he was seven years old. It's going to be a train wreck. Oh. And what's it called? Uh, it is. It, uh, it's oddly enough. It's called. It's for uh, Halloween. It's called "Scream for the Dead." Scream for the Dead. Let's do it. It's coming out on. Yeah, it'll run them out. About. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot which what year I'm. <laughs> <laughs>
Tracy.